human performance and life intersecting or shared through personal stories. My name is Benny Collins, and on this show, I invite a guest to choose three songs that have shaped their life in one way or another and share the stories behind these songs, the meanings that they hold for them. Outside of this podcast, I work in the field of sport and performance psychology as a mental performance coach. So I support performers such as athletes, uh, performing artists like singers, dancers, musicians, and also executives on working through any sort of mental obstacles they might be facing and to optimize their strengths to fully realize their performance so they can just be their best with what they have and who they are in the activity, support, sports, or uh, activity in their job, whatever the domain might be. It covers a lot of ground, which is a big piece of why I like it. But the uh, mental performance tip or technique, interesting finding, whatever you want to call it, that I'll share with you guys today is something I'm going to keep very brief because it's a topic that my guest and I chatted about in the episode. And so I definitely want to keep it very short, but it's also something that I've been thinking about over the course of this year, 2022, last fall, with just life changes on my end. And it's the idea of accepting change. When we don't accept change, I guess I'll start there. When we don't accept change, it can sometimes be like this invisible tether that holds us back because we're constantly looking back on, on gosh, you know, last on last year's event, it was like this, but this year it might not be like that. Or last year, the relationship I had with my best friend was like this, and now it's kind of waned and it's kind of uh, not necessarily dissolved, but it's not as strong or as uh, fulfilling as it might be now. And so life is, is going to keep on moving, moving. Father time is going to keep doing his thing and it, it waits for no one. And so it's, it's very much a hard thing to do regardless of age. But I think if it's something that we can grasp and accept this idea of accepting change, a lot of acceptance, apparently that's the theme of the episode. I don't know, but the sooner we can accept change is it's a big, big step in the direction of having more gratitude in our lives, having more joy for the people that are around us that love us and that we love. So we can have more fulfilling and meaningful relationships with them, whether it's romantic friendships, whatever they are, family, but also just for the things that happen in everyday life, those random occurrence, occurrences with strangers. And so being very present, accepting change, accepting what has happened and moving forward is just something that it's, it's definitely an ever-growing uh, challenge for me, I will say. And that's why it's been on my mind, like I mentioned, for a while and was a big topic for my guest and I for this week. But I will leave that there for you. Quick announcement before we get to the guests and get to the meat of the episode. I'm in an affiliated partnership with a great company called Mudwater. Mudwater is a coffee alternative that has all the pros of coffee, virtually none of the cons. It has organic ingredients to improve mental and physical performance, mood swings, physical stamina, immunity, and overall health. You're probably thinking at this point, okay, cool. This is like some clickbait, social media, scrolly type stuff that pops up my feed, blah, 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 blah. But it contains masala chai, cacao, and then a blend of four medicinal mushrooms, such as lion's mane, cordyceps, chaga, and reishi. And then actually just some other simple spices you probably have in your kitchen right now, like cinnamon, turmeric, and Himalayan salt. I, I, for one, am definitely a coffee drinker. I love coffee. But since I've started drinking this, since I changed my morning ritual to include this, I've definitely had fewer cups of coffee. And it definitely helps my overall energy, my mood. I feel much more consistent. My focus is definitely better. 
for those t- days and times that I'm working on a project or just chiseling away at something and I need that, that concentration, this is the thing that helps me do it. And it's something that I drink once in the morning, sometimes in the late afternoon when I don't want to have coffee, because for me, it's definitely some one of those things that will keep me up late at night and definitely impact my sleep. And so this is a nice, subtle way to give me an energy boost that makes me feel good and, and think clearer and have more focus. And so it's just really checks a lot of boxes there. I love it. But outside of the drink itself, the company, they donate to MAPS, which is the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies to support psychedelic-assisted psychotherapy for those that are suffering from clinical issues like depression, PTSD, addiction, and suicidal ideation. I did some research on my own, and on top of enjoying the drink itself, it was pretty much a no-brainer to reach out to them and team up. If you'd like to give them a try, there's a link in the show notes of this episode that will take you directly to the website where you can place an order. And now on to this episode's guest. This week, I am joined by Dr. Robert Killebrew. Robert is a sports performance physical therapist who specializes in helping athletes of all skills in sports return to playing at their highest level following an injury or surgery. As a former college and professional athlete, he understands the demands and the insatiable driving force behind wanting to be the best. In his free time, you can find Robert surfing in Carlsbad, California, eating barbecue and listening to blues in Austin, Texas, cooking in the kitchen, serving up deliciousness to family, friends, and anyone who finds a seat at his table. This was a a incredible conversation. Robert has kind of become a a professional friend in a way, um, someone I got to meet last fall as I build my own private practice and reaching out to other uh, other professionals in the field and how we can bounce ideas off each other and, and work in tandem to support athletes, um, whether they're you know going through injury, like I'd said, with the work that he is doing, but he's just a really incredible person, very interesting. He's got a great story, and I'm very excited to hear, uh, to, for all you all to hear the conversation that we had and to kind of pull the nuggets of wisdom that he offered and shared, because there's it's one of those conversations that could have gone for another hour or two. And so that's not even a touch on the song, but yes, great guest, great person. And so without further ado, here's Robert. All right, Robert, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Thanks for making some time to come on. I'm excited to have you here. My um, guy. Of course, of course, of course, man. Of course. After these, after you sent me these songs and they've definitely flipped some switches for me specifically oh. with the first, the first one. And actually one of the songs, one of my previous guests also chose this song. Really? So, so I'm, I'm very fortunate to get kind of like a double tap and a different take and different perspective okay. on okay. this. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Cool. 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 Yeah, man. You know, the, the songs that I kind of sent over, um, again, it's, it was picking for about 2000 bazillion songs and kind of narrowing down to nine and picking for those nine, you know, I think maybe three that really kind of stood out to me. Um, but out of those nine, any one of those other songs could have easily slipped into this. I know um, I was telling, like I was telling you earlier, that I'm looking forward to kind of unpacking and revisiting which of those nine I picked. Because um, again, I think there's so many. Like I was asking, so I can't. I, I pick one. Pick this one. All right, cool. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well, man. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, let's let's just jump right in. So indeed, indeed. Um, and I think conveniently, you, you sent the songs also in chronological order of when they were released. And no so, lie. That was not on purpose. That was not on purpose. <laughs> okay. I like, it. Yeah. I like it. So the first one is The Rubber Band Man by The Spurs. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So this is in, I'm guessing on your age. 
I want to say this is before both of our times. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. So, so tell me, when did, can, can you remember, let's say, let's start day one. Can you remember yeah. when you first heard this song? Yeah, I can remember the first time I heard this song. I was uh, a young man, a young boy. And I mean, I was a young boy living in Riverside, California. My dad, um, we were in his bedroom, in his bathroom, actually. He was cutting our hair, you know. Um, he had these, these these razors, these clippers. They were sharp. It, it always kicked the back of your head, kicked the back of your ear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get, you know, your little, just getting little nips from this, this razor, this uh, edger. Um, and as we used to cutting our hair, because my dad, we were at a church on Saturday. We were at Seventh-day Adventists. My dad was Seventh-day Adventists growing up, and we converted from Seventh-day Adventists to non-denominational. Um, and, but we still went to church on Saturday. So Friday was considered the Sabbath. And so Friday, you did all, all your work before the sun went down. And that included, you know, cutting your hair, cutting your lawn, cleaning your house, cooking, preparing for the week ahead, et cetera, et cetera. So it was a very busy day. Um, and one of the tail end of the things we did was um, my dad would cut his hair and cut my brother's hair and my hair. Um, he would play his jams. He had his gigantic, you know, old school like type of like radio with a disc player, CD player, and then a, a you know, two VHS players, and then a, a you know, uh, cassette player, and like, like all, all the players, we had all the players. <laughs> you put the thing on play, and you just, you know, sit back and you listen to all his, like, uh, Marvin Gaye, Otis Redding, you know, Curtis Mayfield, listen to, you know, my man the Spinners, Gap Band, the OJs, and listen to all this old school funk, blues, jazz music, and he cut her hair. And so as a young man or young boy, I remember him playing this song and he became very animated. And he cut her hair every damn It's oh, yeah, yeah, bro, I'll cut it down a little lower. Cut a little lower for it. So you know, you'll be fine. If I put some water, you'll be fine, boy. You you, you good, you good. But it was a good opportunity for me to really kind of see my dad in his element and see him kind of enjoying, you know, I guess a previous life. Right. I think it was it was a way for him to kind of revisit his youth and kind of share that with us. And that was the first kind of real inkling I got to the power of music and how it can kind of move you through different periods of your life and how important those periods of your life are. Um, and I could see that animated in full color um, when my dad played that song and he was cutting our hair. So I mean, as a kid, that's what I remember Friday nights, Friday day, going tonight, excuse me, getting our hair cut. Um, that's the first time I heard the song. I must have been maybe like six or seven years old. That's really great. That's awesome. Yeah, is, is there, do you have any other, any other like memories of when your father became animated? Like, cause you said music is, has this power mm. to make you feel alive and, and just energize you in a way. Is there anything else that did that for your father? Or was music kind of yeah. one of those things that, yeah, go for it. That's a very good question. That's a very good question. You know, I think that music in general was a big aspect of our life for growing up for sure. Um, there are some t- times I saw glimpses and flashes of it when he was, you know, his, his family, his, more importantly, his, um, his uh, sisters, um, uh, my aunt Lomi and my aunt um, uh, Jackie were really instrumental as far as like being a good source of, uh, I guess, support and laughter and fun and hanging out and doing like just wild and crazy things like there were my two aunts that were the fun aunts, right? We all had that fun uncle, right? We had the fun aunts. And, you know, usually those fun aunts and uncles have a little bit of a dark side, a little bit of a, a reason why they're the fun ones and not the kind right. of square button up on the red lights. 
Um, and that was that was that was them. Um, and my dad was always animated, always laughing with them, cutting up as they would say, having a good time. Um, I could see that in them, and then also I see sometimes when we play basketball. You know, when uh, the few times I got to see him be you know, very very animated was when he was playing ball. Um, six eight, brother who was good at it. Um, yeah. Nice. That's interesting. Yeah, it's because because I'm always fascinated on how music can sometimes be the centerpiece of a room. And it sounds like for you, it happened just to be the bathroom because that's where you got your haircut. And exactly. so it's it's this thing that it's almost like turning the lights on in a specific room where it brings that brightness to it and a lot of positivity. I, I like that visual. You know, it really does. You know, it, it it allows you to kind of like highlight that room and all things going in that room. At that moment, you know, I, I could think of other songs that were kind of playing in the background where you make that kind of comic, you know, playing dominoes with my grandfather and my uncles and I still talking trash who's the best. Um, seeing my mom in the background you know, cooking and my grandmother sitting down, you know, eating a cake and all that. So I can see those as, I mean, that's a very good visual as far as like describing one of the many powers of music. Um, so I, I'm going to take that, I'm going to steal that. Don't tell anybody I did that. <laughs> it's all yours. It's all yours. Yeah. Yeah. So this clearly is a song that was introduced to you by your father. And you mentioned there's a few other songs that were mm -hmm. in there as well. Mm -hmm. Was this one, because I mean, I, when I think about funk, Motown, soul, jazz yeah. in that, uh, you know, let's say from 1968 to 1984, mm -hmm. let's just say those random numbers and just put that chunk of time in there. Um, it's a pocket of music and specifically with black artists where there are a lot of swings. I mean, you think, if you think about Barry White, unlimited love orchestra and like the, mm. the deep sensuality of black music, but then you got the spinners, which is like soul train fun. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, when I think about the, the breadth as well as the depth of black music at that time, you know, I think what it really shows anybody is that there's such diversity amongst the culture and amongst the people who consider themselves black african-american american right um, and i think that is one of my favorite things about music in general is that it allows there to be just a wide variety and acceptance good music is good music my man prince was not going to fit in any category at all not genuine, fine, right? He's not usher, smooth, as far as dance concerned, right? But there is just something about Prince that these women, these, I, I love him as an artist, I'm wrong, but there's somebody that they love to death. I'm just trying to still figure out to this day. But to have him, right, on that spectrum of music, as far as black music concerned, I know it's not kind of in that same kind of era per se, but then also have somebody in this kind of speak more than contemporary per se would be the like, you know, Tupac per se, right, during the time. Right, how these two different individuals on the same spectrum, and I imagine they have a, an immense amount of respect if they were to meet at some point during their people's career. Um, Absolutely. So I think the same thing was when I look at that, and I think during that period, we like to think about the black culture as a monolith. Right, we see uh, um, we see people getting sprayed with fire hoses. Right, dogs. You see them doing sit-ins, and kind of get that image of this monolithic image of quiet, reserve, right? Black people who are trying to fight for civil rights. Um, then I think uh, Russ Love just recently won an Oscar for his uh, documentary on the summer love that was all going yes. on. 
during um, Harlem and, and they had their own music festival, right? And see again, that diversity in that, that kind of, uh, that realm of, of existence is just to me um, phenomenal. Um, yeah, so I, I can get down with my man, Barry White, and that very sensual, very uh, sexy um, voice music. And then I can also get down with the silliness uh, my man, um, Bootsy Collins, right? <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And so you can have both of those type of you know those genres, both of those type of spectrums, and appreciate both of those because that's culture. We're all different, and a lot of us to kind of celebrate that. Yeah, it's amazing to see, like you said, the breadth and the depth. Like there's it's just so vast and wide. And there's a lot of other artists, like uh, like you use Prince as an example. There's a lot of other artists too that can't really be put into a, a specific category, which yeah. is which is which is great. Like it's like yeah. you know seeing a unicorn, so it's great. Oh. Yeah, it's phenomenal, man. You know, and, and it lets them stand out. It lets them stand out. You know, I we'll we'll get down a little bit, but I can't. I got my man Kanye West. I watched that documentary on Netflix, and you, you forget how much people doubted him because he was so different. He was such on the outside of you know the norm of what was being quote unquote successful. Um, and to see him kind of make his trajectory on to where he's at now. Um, Success-wise, you know, record sales, everybody sees very successful, but we have other measures of success, and so we're not gonna go down and you know, people on Mankind West per se, but um, he's a great record, he's a great artist, and we're gonna leave it at that, but I think that um, having the the ability to, to really kind of enter into space and um, affect it, you know, the prince, with a Kanye, with you know somebody even like Eminem, right? To come into a space and kind of affect it and change it um, is really to me um, power of music and the power of the individual to have that kind of um, outsider type mindset. Yeah, yeah, because that's how you really start to kind of pave the ways when you are the outsider and you see things. And you, I mean, you really see life in a different way. And so you can, sure, yep. you can you can get into the music and create things that are just entirely your own, which is special. Man, I, you know, I, I love weird people, man. That's my favorite people to hang out with. <laughs> I think that's why uh, we're here right now. I think that's hey, why, how this is happening. <laughs> yeah, big facts, big facts. <laughs> touche, good say, touche, yeah. cheers. You mentioned, you mentioned this song, your, your dad would, would sometimes maybe play air guitar or air bass. Yes, 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 rubber yes. band, man. Did he play any music at all? Did you play any you music know, at all? I did, I did. I, you know, um, growing up, I played... The guitar, my first you know, instrument I picked up, um, I big them on to play guitar. And you know, it was funny because a lot of my inspiration, a lot of my reasons for playing the guitar was like air bands, like Bon Jovi, like Poison, some of these, you know, these bands that, yeah, man, I was, I was, I was into rock and roll as a young man, as a kid, teenager. I loved it, you know, punk, you know, Big into Green Day. I was big into Nirvana, Nine Inch Nails. I remember my parents asking me, like, "What the hell is Nine Inch Nails? Like, what What is he saying?" It just I don't understand. Before Mumble Rap, <laughs> you know, there is there is that that kind of Nirvana, you know, Green Day type vibe. Nobody really knew what they were saying. Uh, we all kind of just sung along the same. Um, but yeah, I played guitar, uh, played the saxophone in junior high. Um, I was in choir in junior high. Um, my dad, on the other hand, he played. I think the trumpet, um, he's teaching himself to play the saxophone now. Um, you know, I'll say that in my family, my brother-in-law, he is, he's a musician. He and my sister had a band actually, and my sister quit the band um, 
to protest my brother law because I can put the ban on marriage and should I put the ban on the same? So that's one side of families, very musically <laughs> gifted. They do they they often will do shows for us when we get together for holidays, you know, impromptu um, shows. Um, my grandfather, who's 96 years old, still plays the saxophone, harmonica, uh, plays a little bit of guitar. Um, he still goes out and plays, you know, with um, his, his, his friends in his church. Um, I mean, I, I'll say it's kind of, again, one of those situations where I was very appreciative of it, but I really wasn't as gifted as I'd like to have been to produce it, right? So I'm more of a consumer of music, per se, than a creator of it. Which is what I'm working on changing a little bit as I'm like a little older, but that's kind of where I think my family, at least my my dad, myself, and Sam, we really enjoy the consuming of it. We did try to kind of dabble in and creating some music and producing producing playing music per se. But um, yeah, man, uh, not so much playing. Yeah, it's there's nothing like it. I mean, there was another person I had on the show maybe five, six, seven episodes ago. We we're talking about how listening to music feels good if it just feels good to listen to music and think about it but playing music Man. feels otherworldly let me tell you something my brother-in-law has got max little upstairs that's where i stay when i go to visit him it's the band room that doubles as my room uh so often kicked out there for band practice but uh we're up there playing he's, he's a great teacher phenomenal you know, musician he can play right here and I'm around like a friend, Ishi Alwego, who plays the drums is in town. He's on the drums, killing it. He's very gifted. My brother-in-law is on the lead guitar. He's very gifted. Now I'm on the bass, nice son. <laughs> but we're gonna make it happen. We're gonna make it happen. So he, my brother-in-law, walks me through a couple progressions, a couple chords. I start playing from along, and then next thing we know, we're playing music, man. And like I said, there is nothing like it. You know, for a long time, when I played football. And there's moments when we play football, you get into this, this the zone, right? You get into the flow state. Um, and we kind of identify now as alpha, increasing alpha brain waves. Um, but mm -hmm. what that feeling was like, I only felt in three other instances going 125 in a motorcycle, okay? Um, surfing and playing music. Mm. Being in the moment. Right, where nothing else matters, the past doesn't exist, the future doesn't exist, it's just that next note, the next vibe, next hearing, next feeling, and moving in that space as one. And then we put the, the people together, oh man, it's just that that vibe starts kind of moving and stuff. Yeah, it is, a, it is nothing more re rewarding than to really jam and play a song or, or sing to somebody. Um, I just enjoy that. Yeah, I, we're appreciating the choir. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't choir. agree more. I couldn't agree more. It feels good, and yeah. especially when you, you talked about playing football, you think about performance, team atmosphere, team cohesion, uh, nonverbal communication, oh, parallels oh, yeah. in sport to to music. It's yeah. One of my favorite things to do is go to Anton's, go down to uh, kind of to Clucker in Austin, go down to Sea Boys, mm. just watch these guys. Some guys are sitting late shows, early shows before, you know, the real show comes on, it's watching guys live, right? It's kind of jam. And you said that that nonverbal communication, the understanding of somebody's skill of how you play up to it, you play down to it, you know, like understand that they have some of the same history you do, so they've maybe heard, you know, um, a trio play this, and oh, I'm gonna go ahead and just follow that. I, I, I'm gonna follow it, it's going down. 
uh, let's just pick it up a little bit. Let's you know, go down the key. Like having that kind of like we said, nonverbal communication. Um, yeah, you know, it, it, there. The, if I if I can remember correctly, because I, I don't recall all the songs, but if I remember correctly, the next one of the next couple of songs I have it kind of speaks to this a little bit. It does operate that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah pocket, for, pocket that, I'll pocket that. Put in my, put in my pocket, put in my pocket. Yeah, but but as far as as far as the rubber band man, and we talked about football performance. Has has this been, ever been a song that has showed up for you as an athlete in any way? The question, nope, not the least bit. You know, um, I don't. I. I I'm learning to integrate. <laughs> that's, that's the key word for me is integration. Um, and for a while there, I would do a good job or do a good job. I would compromise or set aside certain parts of my life. And being an athlete, for whatever reason, was one of those things I kind of set aside and kind of looked up to do stuff. And this is one of those, those kind of goofy, hanging out, you know, this is this is the real Robert. You're, you're, seeing, you're seeing Robert, you know, my alter ego. Um, uh, with my friends call me those who know me best call me Kill, K-I-L-L. My, my last name is Killabrews. It's a play on my last name with my my days of playing football as a a um, linebacker. And so, you know, Kill was a very appropriate name for a man playing. It's the man that's that's laying dudes out in the field. Exactly. So Kill had his little, but this is Robert, man. This is this is like, you get to know him, you get to kind of feel the vibe, you get to see him and his element as a young boy, his haircut. Kind of, you know, it's, it's a fun song. It's got that nice, like, kind of like, it sounds like it's got a kind of a band. It has opportunity for you to jump in the chorus. It's just, it's just, it's a jam, bro. And so, you know, to me, it, it, it never really kind of served a purpose per se in the, in the realm of trying to increase performance or get myself pumped up. If anything, there's a way to kind of down regulate and go more into that parasympathetic nervous system yeah. um, than anything else. Absolutely. Yeah, I was going to say, because even if it's not a song, because this is like we talked about it, it's a song that has a bounce, it's fun, it has like an up, it's just an upbeat energy to it, but that yeah. doesn't mean it has to kind of serve you in that way. It could serve Ooh. you in your downtime when you're not, yeah. you know, physiologically activated and you're just cruising around in your car on a Sunday. Yeah, afternoon. I know, boy, this, is, this is a, you know, a two o'clock, I'm going to say in California. Or maybe Colorado, because in Texas, man, two o'clock, you burn your ass up 140 degrees outside. So this is two o'clock in California, maybe San Diego, and maybe Denver. The weather's nice and crisp, and you just a smile on your face. The sun is shining on you, man. You got full gas tank, little money in your pocket, right? Your phone's all full. Everything's good. And you just go, 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 push it up. Bam, man. Bam, man. Hey, push it next to this way, man. Yep. Hey, lady across the street, good to see you. You look good. Peace. Hey, man. <laughs> It's the song for the people. It's all for the people. I love it. It is. I saw I saw that same I saw that exact thing on somebody else Sunday afternoon. I was walking down South Congress. And there was this, this older black man, probably he actually kind of might have been reminded me of my own father, probably early to mid 60s. Okay, okay. And he was on one of those big cruiser motorcycles, like a Honda Goldwing. I think it was a yeah. Goldwing. Yeah. Um, you could you could fit two grown-ass adults on it. It's big. Um, it's almost got a car engine on it. Anyways. 
but he was riding on thing, just going up and down South Congress, listening to Funky Drummer by James Brown <laughs> yeah. on blast. And he was wearing a long sleeve, neon yellow, like Nike uh, Under Armour yes. like shirt, like, like a compression yes. shirt. Yes. And he was Some just like- the muscles out there, bro. Yeah. You know, and, the he was, and he was a thick brother. He was a thick brother. Yeah, I mean, and, so you told me he was wearing a compression shirt. There was, there was no thought in my mind <laughs> that he was in any shape or form Able to wear that shirt with you. Know, I, I knew you yeah. were wear. You know what I mean? I knew he was a little brown. I knew he was a little thick. Oh man, some 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 turkey neck in the back. I know he got that going on. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and he had like the dad visor going too, so the top of the head was popping out. But he was just bouncing oh, on his bike, looking around like, who's looking at me? Who's who's feeling this? Look, look at me! This? Look yeah. at me! It's, it, this this is this is that type of vibe. Man. I think again, at that time, right? A lot of that genre, all that culture was reasserting yourself as a black person in America, right? You know, I'm black and I'm proud. You know, that there, mm-hmm. that was kind of the genre, big afros. <laughs> my dad is six eight, okay? And my uncles were the best storytellers ever in my life. He told me a story about how my dad would come home, all six eight of them, the afro and platform shoes on. And he said, Gary, my dad's in the Gary walk in, he's a walk around, look like a big man. And seeing a gigantic seven foot nine man walking around, like, you know, so yeah, I mean, it was an opportunity for you as a person to really kind of no longer um, enter space and try and become smaller, but to enter space and to take up as much space as you felt you needed to. Right. So yeah, that, that music kind of reflects that. And that song really kind of allows that kind of happen. You just kind of, you just take up the space. You just like, you know, I'm, I'm here having a good time. My body, body, I'm smiling, bouncing, because I'm a band hand. <laughs> you can't not enjoy it. You can't not it's enjoy it. It's a, it's, it's a winner. It's a winner. Yeah. Well, let's let's keep cruising on like like our man down South Congress on his <laughs> let's, let's let's cruise on to this next uh, next song also. In the title, it talks about a mode of transportation. So I guess that's the theme of this episode. But I guess so. it's called Stop This Train by John. Woo! What's your real one? So talk to me about this song. You know what, man? Um, I first was introduced to John, uh, John Mayer in high school, like most people my age, all right? Um, and it was by some white girl. And I was just really like, this is some white girl shit for real. This got nothing to do. And then listen to the series lyrics. Figure the album continuum and give it a try. And after that, man, I was a John Lear fan forever. And you know, I, I kind of, you know, I kind of came like this, you know. I, um <laughs> John Mayer is like that really good looking, pretty boy that gets all the girls right, and everybody for the most part loves them. And you want to hate them, and but you can't. Be cool. <laughs> He's cool, man. He's cool. He lay back. He's cool. He's got good people vibes. You know, but you just, before it's all said and done, you dapping him up and stuff. But that was kind of my introduction to John Mayer. Um, and then as I got into his album in college, Continuum, you know, it was at this kind of weird time in life where I was learning a lot about transitions and learning a lot about, you know, um, impermanence in life and moving from one phase of my life to being a young um child and being you know, a young adult and going to college and all those things and hearing this song because you know as uh, I remember as a kid you know my dad was a pastor and our pastor was a pastor church in Compton California and we'd go to church Saturday I don't know one time oh they came to the house one time anyways 
we go to church from Saturday here all day. And um, we had a relatively good sized congregation on Christmas. We probably have easily between 200 to 300 people kind of cycling in and out the doors right during that Christmas time from family and friends. My mom and dad had six brothers apiece, sisters apiece, to cousins, aunts, uncles, neighbors, churchgoers, et cetera. And I'll never forget like the feeling of being in that room, like hearing all those people. Um, and I remember moving back to Texas for the first time in Texas. And I'm like, okay, who's coming to Christmas? Nobody. I'm like, okay, time out. So I asked the church, my friend, that. So we're still talking about, like, no, Robert, my cousin's like, okay, cousin's not coming for sure. That makes sense. But grandma, no, grandma's not coming. So time out. Only y'all in this room gonna be here for Christmas? I can oh, hell no, man. <laughs> I don't really like y'all people that much. Christmas is gonna But that was kind of the first time I remember, like, things don't always stay the same. And that uh, we have good memories, we have good moments. Even as a young kid, when I like that realization that, okay, nobody's coming for Christmas, right? Um, it made me realize how important those times were and how valuable those times were. And how, you know, I wanted to go back and enjoy that moment, but I can't anymore. And that's kind of the whole idea behind the song, Tacos Train, right? It's more so a uh, song written about a young man who is trying his best to kind of come to grips with his ever progressing age and father time being undefeated and, you know, slowly, um, transitioning to whatever is in front of him. Um, one of my favorite lines in songs, you know, we talked about his dad, and yeah, you know, to very nothing. Talks to his dad, and his dad's like, no man, look, bro, I tried. <laughs> I tried already. I tried to stop the string. Um, but just enjoy the ride. You know, if you're gonna go back, just enjoy the ride. Um, another tearjerker moment here is when he talks about how, you know, uh, once in a while, you know, it's good, uh, it'll be like it should. Uh, until, until you start crying, you drive along in the dark. And to me, that, that really kind of, yeah, I'm start crying now, man. To me, it kind of just like grabs a hold, great lyrics, grabs a hold of that moment when you realize that nobody's coming for Christmas except for the family, or that. Your children are never going to be two years old again. Or that moment you had with that friend it was the last moment you ever had with that friend because he passed away the next day. So you start to have these realizations of how important it is to really savor every moment in life. Right? Because, yes, we ride that train and we've got that one. The scenery is passing by, but you have to appreciate it. As a, you can't look back all the time and start missing, but you have to appreciate what you're seeing and really enjoy it for what it is. Um, to me, it's one of my favorite songs. Uh, this is definitely what's going to make it on the list for sure. Uh, I, I will be sure that my daughters understand <laughs> and grasp importance of what this song means, uh, not just for the father, but for them as well. Um, how can we really kind of teach them the importance of uh, letting go, of trying to control everything. Yeah, I appreciate you sharing that. And I, I think that's amazing. I think the sooner, and this is something that 
we never we never know when we're going to fully let the idea of change sink in. Like it sounds like for you, it happened when you were around college and there was that big moment with Christmas, family not coming or, or, or fewer family members than you'd wanted to be there. Right, um, right. But, but sometimes the, that acceptance of change doesn't come until later for some folks to the point where maybe it's a person who's in their 40s, a parent dies mm. and things become really real, really fast. And so I think it's, you know, I tip my cap to you for having this idea now that for your young daughters, you want to introduce this song to them and the meaning of it, the story behind it and the importance of it. Because I think the sooner that every person can learn this idea, accept it of, of letting go, gratitude, just the simple idea of gratitude for the present moment and appreciation for what happened in the past, the sooner we can wrap up all that and digest it and bring it with us forever. That's just, you know, there's, there's no key to, to a happy, successful life, but that is a key ingredient to having happiness on a recurring basis. 100%. Um, yeah, that is... I, by no stretch of imagination, have any of my any of that together yet. Um, I would say I'm probably still in that category. Let me got let go of change, of not controlling and change and stuff. But um, of course, yeah. yeah but I think we're all we're all striving. We're all striving to be always. Better. We're always evolving, always changing, always learning. So yeah, when I listen to this song, man, like I said, um, it will. I would say if I listen to this song ten times. Eight of those times I'm crying. Nine of those times I'm tearing up. So there you go. What the hell is that? Mean? It, it, it is that, it, I, you know, and not to mention, we're not even talking about the act. That's just a lyrics, man. Mm-hmm. The fact that my man, John Mayer, you know, they say my man, um, Jack Johnson went down there and sold his soul to the devil, right? The crossroads. I, nah, bro, my man, John Mayer, did that shit long time. I mean, <laughs> he, got, he got fingers, man. And the way that that song is played, man, it, Seems it sounds like a train just rumbling down the tracks. Um, watches the, his fingers kind of move quickly. It's a great song, um, phenomenal song. Well written, well produced, well sung, well played. It's one of my favorite songs. Period. Yeah, and and you said that it was uh, it was when you're in college and a girl introduced it to you after yeah. after I guess having the realization and letting this song sink in the way that it has now, or I guess, how do I phrase the question? Did Has this song impacted relationships for you back then or now? Well, you Both. know what, that's, that's funny you said that because, you know, it, it, it was introduced to me by my college girlfriend who later became my wife and I had two kids together, we're divorced now, but um, it, it never had a, a romantic connotation for me, which is kind of strange because, you know, Kristen loved her some, she loved her some, some <laughs> Christian loved John Mayer. I'm gonna try and avoid some cussing. Christian loved her some John Mayer. Um, and to the point where I kind of grew on me. And there were some songs for sure that had some romantic connotation there in that, that album continuum. Um, Slow Dancing in the Burning Room, um, several other. But that song for me just seemed like it was isolated and spoke to me. Mm-hmm. Right, spoke to me, and I don't know if that's because there really isn't a mention of I think it's again in the lyrics. I'm not gonna call any mention of say a something other or a romantic type of interest. Um, but I think more so than else, it's just this idea of life, a universal, regardless of gender, regardless of orientation. You are gonna have to deal with change 
And this train, we're going to keep rolling down this train. And nothing can do about it. Uh, we can try to stop it. I've seen what people have. There's nothing can do about it. And that to me was not so much speaking to the romantic side of things. It's more so to the romantic side of being a human being. Yeah. Yeah. Connecting kind of with that inner, inner sensitivity and appreciation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is this, is this a song? Because you mentioned if you listen to it eight times, you're, you're crying, nine times tearing up. Is there a moment or a mood that you're in where you turn back to the song and go back to it and, and use it in any way? Oh, ooh, wow. Um, you know what? Uh, uh, wow, that's a good question. Uh, eesh, eesh. I, I am a classic individual who doesn't like to feel like to feel. <laughs> so, uh, on this project, I pulled it out. And I have a couple of playlists, you know, one little healing playlist. So I want to feel good about myself. I'll listen to it per se, mm-hmm. but it's it's more so. Um, I don't, it, you know, it's funny because sometimes when I listen to this song, it can be indicting, right? It can be indicting the fact that I am trying to stop this train, mm-hmm. right? And it is, I am that character, like going with his father and saying, tell me how to stop this train. I need to fix, how do I go back? How do I go back to that time when everything was perfect? Christmas was beautiful. When everybody was around the Christmas tree, you want to be on Christmas tree. Um, but bro, you can't do that. So, and so I feel like when I listen to it sometimes, it's an indictment on how I'm currently trying my best to control my situation. Mm. Um, and so there's times where I don't want to say listen to it because it reminds me that I need to actually do a better job. And this is the reality of life. And I am, there's no exception to the rule of this. You know, like I said, a lot of times it's coming through. Uh, so if, if it comes on and I'm not in the mood to listen to it, I'll skip it. Um, if I hear it in the radio station, we hear it on the, you know, the from grocery shopping, I'll listen to it and I'll sing it along. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a it's a real song that again it has a, it's heavy for me. It's heavy for me. And so I respectfully respect that in its space when I listen to it. To give it yeah. its proper space. To give it its proper space. Um, it's not it's not a song that's throwing like what a band man put on, that's kind of go through my day, whatever. This song really is something that um, I I respect because of how much power it has over me. Yes. Yeah, you have to be in, you have to be intentional about the use. I, yeah, man, I can't just you know pull this out and put this on a Christmas song or whatnot. So that's what we do. People go crying. You know, it's it's ser- it's a serious it's a serious song. I I respectfully use it as such. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, everything in moderation. Hmm. I feel like we could just keep talking about that and feeling our it's feelings. A, bro, it's, a, that's, that, it's good, man. <laughs> feelings are good. That's what John Mayer, man. That's what John Mayer. I told you, you want to hate him. Yeah, but I when I first uh I mean not first heard John Mayer, but after after I listened to him for a bit, this is probably like 2011, 2012. So definitely after Continuum, after another album or two of his, I I tried to sum up him in one sentence and I said that he sounds like if a cloud is writing in its diary. For real. Like a silky white, floaty, fluffy cloud in the sky writing it, writing in its diary about its day. Like I, and you said it, not me. It's a silky white cloud up in it. And, and you're like, I want to hate this white guy. 
because he's getting but he's like he's downstairs playing Donalds with us. In my mind, in my mind, it's high school, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's downstairs playing Donalds with all the homies, right? He's he he's out there, you know, playing guitar, playing blues with all the homies, and like he's just cool. So I'm just like, all right, man, like. I have no reason to hate you. I shouldn't hate you in the first place because you're good looking, you play guitar, and you know, women, that's not a reason to hate anybody. <laughs> but nonetheless, right? And so I, I just, I, I, I respect his playing. I've learned to come to respect him as a person, I don't know him from what I read, et cetera, um, as a human being. And, you know, I, I really enjoy, I really am a fan of him. I'm a fanatic of his and what he's able to do. Message is really kind of push out there, and it's been a huge impact for me. So I, I love it. I love his music. You know, good stuff. And he's been at it for a while too. You know, you know what? A funny, a fun fact I did not know until maybe two years ago that he plays with the Grateful Dead. Really? I told you, man. He cool. He cool, what? bro. Google that. He's one of the lead singers for the Great Dead, man. He's a deadhead. Let that sink in. That's how cool he is, bro. Okay. <laughs> He's got range. That shows. I mean, we're talking about breadth and depth. That's range. Bro, bro. Oh, man. John Mary is it, bro. Yeah. That's it. That's really cool. cool. That's cool. That's cool. So, yeah, when you see like, a tour for the Grateful Dead, you're going to see John Mary playing. Damn. I mean, he's a hell of a guitar player. And Jerry Garcia was a hell of a guitar player. So, there's definitely some commonalities to the to the fabric of the Grateful Dead and John Mayer. <laughs> I'm gonna be chewing on that the rest of this. this I got my night. I might my night's been, I, got, I got a full schedule for tonight because I got to chew on that. Uh, I, I see. I'm seeing your brain process now, bro. It's funny yeah. to me. It's funny. To I'm, me. Gonna, I'm gonna check out YouTube videos after we're done here to see yeah. see what this oh. looks like. No lie, no no cap as a kid say these days. No cap, bro. no cap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, let's let's cruise on. We got one more track to get to. Indeed. Let's. Uh, and this is the one that I mentioned before. A previous guest had picked out. Oh, really? I was going to ask which one. Okay, okay. Yeah. The song is "All Right, All Right" by Kendrick Lamar. It is. It this, is. This is the the newest of these three songs. It's uh, in this realization just hit me in, in the last thirty to sixty seconds. We have a black artist, a white artist, black artist. So we got the Oreo situation with music. Yeah, man. Yeah. Shout out to the Oreos. Shout out to Kill's Kitchen. Hey, we get it in. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I got, I got to get you on the episode, man. I got to get you on the episode. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, the, that episode or the uh, the recipe that we spoke about the last time we got we got together. That yes. shock sugar recipe. That's yes. Let's yes, do sir. that. Let's do yes, that. Sir. Let's do that. But but yes, Kendrick Lamar. All right. The one and the only coming from, he's from, he's from right there in Compton, isn't he? He's from Compton. In fact, my, huh? yes. So my dad is from Compton and some of our family still lives out there. Uh, RP Benz. And so our family still lives out there. And um, actually there are, so, you know, any, any of the community is very small, right? I imagine, and, you know, in, community it's a very small and the Jewish community small so in the black community comps very small as well so my cousins actually went to high school with him and kind of know about him and some of his videos were in town because like you know they're hanging out with him you're like I just never like that it's just like you know so you know somebody knows somebody who knows somebody in the neighborhood and so in that regard yeah Christian Lamar um, Compton in general has always had a special place um, in my family because of where we come from 
Um, that's my, my dad and his family grew up from. We moved to Riverside, um, Riverside, Texas. And so, um, yeah, man, when I went to Lamar, seeing another, you know, Comptonite, oh, Comptonite uh, coming, <laughs> coming out of, you know, the bricks and kind of, you know, Burging into the scene of music it is, you know, just like anything else, it's, it's phenomenal. DJ Quick, you know, so um, Dr. Dre, of course, you have, like, I don't know, the list goes all along, like, so many guys, you know, Black, uh, man, it's not our conference, he's from the South, Nick of the Woods, so, uh, also it's kind of that same Nick of the Woods, per se. Uh, so I think I, I personally just, you know, really kind of enjoy this, and it reminds me. Uh, you know, um, where my family came from. We used to go to Compton every Saturday, every Sunday to go to church. And go from the suburbs of Los Angeles or Riverside, um, you know, in fire and drive over to the city and see the uh, difference between the half and half knots every weekend. Um, it's a bit sober, especially a young kid. Uh, but I kind of appreciate that. Uh, this song, to me, uh, when it came out, it was kind of in George Floyd era. Um, a bunch of other traumatic stuff happened during that time. Um, we really kind of hadn't questioned the justice system, hadn't questioned the idea of right and wrong and morals and values because we're represented with how we should behave versus what is being done to us. And so how do we necessarily justify these two? There must be one thing, but they're doing the opposite to it. And the song kind of like, during that trauma that was happening inside my family, during that, that trauma was happening to the country with George Floyd, the song to me kind of represents this idea of like, you know, what we've been doing for such a long time. It's not gonna be back, it's not gonna hurt us. We're gonna be all right, we're gonna bounce back from this. We're not gonna let this bother us, we're gonna be all right. And, uh, and just hearing that kind of repetitive chant or hearing that repetitive kind of call um, over and over again um, was very inspirational. And you know, at time when, when all that unrest was going on in my personal life, um, all that unrest was going on in the world around me, professional life, as far as going to work and kind of like having to deal with and comprehend the post-world forward, world, post-world, and how to kind of have this conversation about race, Black Lives Matter and all this. It, it was just a thing to kind of remind me that it's going to be all right. Like, it'll be all right, folks. I'm not going to let this be the foreclusion of, of my life. I'm not going to let this be the thing that I only focus on. I'm also important to focus on these things, but there's so much more to life and I have much more life to live than just trying to be fighting police brutality or worry about racism. I also don't worry about like, make sure my girl getting a good school, make sure I'm able to get, you know, good, a good paying job, make sure my air conditioning is always working. But those things are also important. So like having like this, this idea that we had to be so uber focused and so like busy and trying to take, and then have a man, Jamarco, I said, man, we're gonna be all right. You know, X, Y, and Z, we're still gonna be all right. To me, it's just like kind of like a, not really like a uh, irreverence call, but more so like a factual, like, and like, come on, really? They've been killing black people for so long. Like, you think this is really going to bother us at this point? You know that all the media, 
know, all your neighbors and all your white friends are on board and upset about it. Like, I get it, but we're going to be all right. It's not the first time we experience loss, um, both in the folk scene or in the private scene. Uh, the song really to me kind of like navigated that world of being uh, resilient and durable yeah. in time of uh, uncertainty. Yeah. Yeah. Resilience is the word that, that comes to mind for me too. It's just like, it's the reinforcement. It's the reinforcement that like we're going to stick around and unfortunate things keep happening, but we're still, uh, I guess I can't really say we're waking up the next day. Cause some, some folks aren't, but by and large, the black community is. is. And, 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 and also what I appreciate is that in some ways it forces us to kind of dig our heels in more into what it means to be black and how we yeah. present and how, and when it comes to art and expression, so music and, um, you know, painting in different kinds of art, like dance, look at music videos and watching dancers that are in like a Beyonce video or something like that. It's, it's unbelievable. Oh, and like, you know, um, He's one of those artists that is also very, very intentional. Yes. Very intentional. And so when you look at the album cover of uh, the Pickle Butterfly, um, you also hear his poem after the fact in the songs of him. Before, I mean, so you're getting this very intentional representation. It's not by accident that we're talking uh, about the song. You know, when we look at the actual album cover, it's the White House, and there's this. this <laughs> There's a menagerie of, of different type of black people in all their glory in front of it. Um, and there's a reason that it's kind of like, it just kind of just, it's this juxtaposition that you see, which you just kind of, and that kind of like then carries on through the album as it carries through. It's like, we, it feels uncomfortable. See the album cover that way, right? Um, but the question is, why should it feel uncomfortable? One. Number two, is it uncomfortable because what's out of place? You know what I mean? Like, is it, should the background instead be low riders and clubs and women? Or should the back, what, what is it, should the front, should people front room be in suits and things? Like, so, so, where is the juxtaposition as far as, and to me, that kind of carries off in the song is like how we have this country that is. The White House, per se, is very beautiful, shining, um, beacon on the hill. And then we have these other individuals who are treated less than. When I talk about it, from all individuals, right? They're treated less than. And you take these things and put them in front of that picture. How does that, how does that look? It looks weird. Mm-hmm. It's kind of startling. Not, but that's how we live our world. But we want to put old people behind or out of it. I, I love the song, man. I love you know, how intentional man is with the lyrics. Uh, I love how intentional is, is you know, uh, art, his uh, album art. Great guy, man. Again, it's from Compton. You know, um, I, re- I always had a, I always respect nerds <laughs> who grew up in, you know, compromising positions. Um, I can say that it's not me, per se. I was always a you know, football player, football guy. But um, I have a much more respect for those who are able to keep their voice out. Um, and they don't have to be the strongest uh, or physical, it's just their voice. It's so important. It just pierces through the veil of whatever nonsense is out there now. Yeah, he's, he's, he's got that voice. 
he, he has the voice absolutely and, and he's the pioneer with with the thing that you had mentioned before as far as the lyrics and the imagery and the way he uses art and the intention behind the art that he puts on albums too and so he's he's super thorough and super methodical and it's it's so impressive but it is it is it's impressive man so yeah so that's that's there you know i think um now this song is a song that i definitely listen to as far as like a increasing of <laughs> This tops room to go play a ball game or something. Mm -hmm. uh, it's definitely a song, you know, it's definitely a hype song. You start, you know, it is the yeah. start, you, just, you just want to start moving, you want to turn it the radio up as loud as possible, and then the car and start shaking as you dance down the street because you're going to be all right. You know, you're going to be all right. Uh, yeah. If I listen to this song 10 times, I'd say four out of those 10, I'll cry. Okay. Because again, I, I, I see the resilience in his lyrics, you hear the resilience. And then as I'm going through, it's gonna be all right. You know, it's as if he is talking to me again and very uh, personal relationship and he talks to me as far as we're gonna be all right. Not just me, not just you, he as a whole collective. So I worry about my sister, right? I worry about my brother, I worry about my aunts and uncles, my cousins, all around the nation, all around the world. And you see, you know, and other places, right? It, it makes me feel like I'm speaking to them and speaking to me through them as well. So we're gonna be all right, uh, and that that makes me emotional sometimes to you know, kind of like have that sense of relief and to have that sense that yes, no matter what bad things may transpire, um, not just like in general, but bad things because of the color skin, because of your identification. Um, gender or job, that that then is going to be something that you have to deal with. So, you know, you'll be all right. Um, uh, you know, as you heard, you put it all serious. Like, did you? So, I usually cry because that is the sign. Wow, it'll be all right. You know, my cousins, my aunts, my uncles, my brother, all those who are different, all those who are weird, all those who are, who are not the norm. Or, Cis male per se, white cis male, okay. There's a comfort to it, and I think that's what really good artists can do. Is they can have the balance with their tracks of having, um, and oftentimes it's through the lyrics. There's, there's a, a story there that provides comfort, but then sonically, what you hear is a bang and beat, and so it, it kind of carries yeah. both. Where it's like it's yeah. got the message of richness and resilience and comfortability and trust, but then also it. it physiologically gets you up and moving, which is great. Yeah, yeah. So it, again, you know, probably could have put, you know, I, I was intentional on trying to, you know, like not just get, you know, um, music that kind of spans the genres, but also music that was uh, spoke to my current values. Yeah. Uh, hustle, we made on that list. Uh, Last time that I checked, or also uh, motivate people on that list. Uh, also, the list could have easily been Paul Simon, Paul Mural. Yes. I love that song, that bass Great. line in there. So, fun fact about you got fun fact for me, I'll give you one too. So, about that bass line, you know, in You Can Call Me Out, there's that. It's a pretty, maybe like a four or five second little clip of a bass line. It's a bass solo in that song yes yes so, so actually how they recorded that and i i love this fact i find it so interesting is the first half of it 
is, is the actual bass riff. So it's that single riff, it's really good. But then what they did is they took it and they mirrored it and reversed it. And so the second part of that riff is just the inverse of the first part. Listen to it once we're done here. Oh man. It, it's like Yes, that's it. And then it's just, yeah. it's just the same same thing backwards. Oh wow. <laughs> that's phenomenal, man. I love wow. it. Awesome. Yeah, so Paul Simon made this for sure, man. Yeah, another happy, good feeling song. You can't be mad. Sun's shining your face, sunglasses on, you ride your convertible. Life is good. Call me out. I'll be alone. I was trying to really think about the idea of, you know, and I, I think the younger version of me would listen to anything and everything that's hot. The older version of me now is understanding the importance of what we allow into our consciousness. Because it's like subconscious. And so even the music I listen to today, I'm very intentional to listen to the intentional type of um, message I want to tell myself on repeat. Um, very intentional mm-hmm. as far as like who is going to kind of have a huge impact in my, my mindset even before. You know, I love a man kind of Western Beth. I grew up in man kind of college kind of college, you know, what was it? Uh, late registration, uh, college dropout, late registration. Boom, I was in college, I was coming out. I grew up. Now, at this point in my life, I'm understanding that you know, uh, his values, his things, he's kind of speaking to going to his mind. So, even though he has a great, like you said, sonic, wonderful gift of creating great music, uh, something inherited now that is kind of embedded in that, that kind of just paused. And you know, I love his music and listen to it. I'm obviously going to hold down the album 15, 20 times. But if I'm going to be intentional about how I'm going to work, mm-hmm. or, what I'm doing as far as studying or reading, um, where I'm trying to be part in and lose things, I'm going to be a little more ambitious as far as who I'm listening to. Um, and that's why I kind of like, I'm very ambitious as far as any songs. Um, so there's nine of them, and to kind of go down to these, but these are the reasons why I kind of call them off the future. Um, well, Bad Man really kind of spoke to my roots as a man growing up. Um, you know, that sense of like, the first understanding of culture, being black, the sound of being black, the movements of being black, the way we spoke in the song, right? Of course, Stop His Training at the time, it was kind of a real pain homage to the idea that there's other music out there than quote unquote black music, black person music, music, and giving my opportunity to listen and find appreciation of John Mayer. Um, I think we kind of opened my eyes to a lot of other aspects of music and other aspects of life and another way to have um, you know, power of music. And finish up a man, you know, Kendrick Lamar, you know, I think there's still kind of this, this era of trying to figure out what post, you know, George Floyd looks like. Um, keeping people accountable, um, giving people grace um, as we all try to learn things as far as this, this, this his life is concerned, how we all. Um, one of the other songs I wanted to do even kind of picture it was um, Can You Feel It by Michael Jack- Jackson 5. Can you feel it? Can you feel it? Can you feel it? And it speaks to the idea that the same blood that runs in me runs in you, right? And that's another song that I think kind of had a trope, unfortunately. The song, I skate now, so I'm not going to skate. 
know, and then you start listening to lyrics, you realizing that we're all the same. All is the same. And so, you know, uh, that's the world I think we're kind of living in now, um, according to me. Uh, I think we're getting better across the board, but still with the growth. And I think that music will always play an integral part in connecting so many people uh, mm-hmm. so many different you know, lifestyles, brands, boundaries, uh, et cetera. I think this music will always just speak to that. So um, I, I applaud this whole project, man. I, I thank you for letting me have opportunity to speak about uh, what music means to me. Um, it's a lot. It has me a lot. I know we're continuing a lot. Um, but you know, I think that this conversation, you know, is a precursor, in my opinion, to conversations about other more difficult things. Mm-hmm. I can have a conversation about music with somebody, and then we can start talking about other things down the road. Maybe we can one day, you know, arrive at a place of mutual respect. Um, if, if for nothing else, I'm mutual respect for a good artist, right? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Absolutely. 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 And yeah, I, you know, I tip my cap to you again. You showed up with, with first off three great songs, but then the stories behind the songs, I could, I mean, like just looking at you through the camera, I could see the mood that you started with when you showed up and I could see the mood that you had during and now after. And yeah, it's, well, it's, it's, it's oh, just, man. yeah, it's just, it's, I think it's just speaks to the power that music has and how it impacts us, but also just the way that you have a relationship with music. And it's, it's, it's similar to me where it moves me, gets me thinking about things, makes me feel safe, makes me feel amped up. It's, it covers the full spectrum of human emotion in, in such a really fun and exciting way. And so I, like I said, I appreciate you and thank you for giving up some time to, to open up, talk about some of those deeper, more intense feelings and, and sharing some cool memories. Yeah, I appreciate you, bro. I really do, I really do. Having opportunity to connect with human on a daily basis is one of the best things I, I my favorite things to do in the world is just talk to people and connect. And thank you very much for that opportunity to talk to you about Okay, one last thing before I let you out of here. Yeah. This is just a quick little plug for you. Is there anything you're excited about? And this is for the masses listening. Yeah. Is there anything you're excited about right now? Or do you have any words of wisdom you want to share out? Yeah, man, two things, two things. What I'm really excited about right now is, um, I'm excited for the beginning of the NFL season as a lot of my guys are going back to NFL camp. I'm doing them all. I'm going to success in health. Health, please take care of yourself. Drink your water, drink your vitamins, do what you're supposed to do. Um, so I'm really excited about that and watching the performance. I'm going to see you guys at the perform. Mm-hmm. And the second thing, um, words of wisdom. Uh, uh, run the marathon at your own pace. Mm. Is that something that's, yeah, I've, I mean, I'm just. At your own pace. I, you know, I think so many of us get so caught up. And we, we do celebrate so many young people who are doing such phenomenal things at such an early age um, that we then believe that that's the only thing that should be celebrated or thing that really has any value or type of uh, uh, worth. But Run a marathon, and one, you understand it's a long, long, long ass race. Mm-hmm. Uh, at your own pace, and you, you put your blinders on, you keep on going. It doesn't matter when you finish, as long as you finish that, that race, it's all that matters. Um, that's my, my goal. Um, 
words of wisdom to those out there in the masses. You know, run the marathon at your own pace. I think some of the things to sprint, you can run real quick, sit back, relax on laurels, uh, or back slaps, uh, or brought up the paper, uh, or articles written about us in the paper. Sound old as hell, I said article in the paper. Um, but a lot of us rest on those laurels and then kind of look up and realize we get lapped two or three times. Um, it's not about necessarily going hard all the time. I'm sitting at a good pace. Yeah. Pace consistent. Uh, yeah. So run the marathon at your own pace out there. Don't get too caught up with the idea that you got to be like everybody else. Yeah. That's I, that, that, that particularly speaks to me is, is the comparison piece and not getting caught up with other people are doing, even if so-and-so is also in the same PhD program as you, or even if so-and-so is gunning for the same job as you, you're not them, they're not you. So just you be you, and then it'll, it'll go the way it should go. One of my favorite art, um, actually one of my favorite authors um, is Renee Brown. She's not just an author, but that's yeah. why I know of her. And she's great. And she's great. She has this book, and she was in the book she's reading, writing about this idea of staying in your lane. It's kind of where I got this idea from. And she says she goes swimming, and she will sometimes look to her right and see a woman in her lane, and she'll start competing and start comparing. And so you start thinking to yourself, well, her workout is different than mine. I'm doing one better. Her stroke is bad. And you start comparing yourself to all these things. Mm-hmm. But then what happens if you're racing next to, you know, Michael Phelps? And now you're comparing yourself to somebody from nothing. Stay in your lane. Find your business. Right. And run your pace. Uh, and you'll be okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's great. That's that's what I so for me. I have little post-it notes on my monitor that I keep little little quotes or little reminders here and there. That one might make the monitor. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was even trying. Hell yeah, man! I was trying next time. <laughs> yeah. We'll save that for your show. We'll save that yeah, for your show. Indeed. Well, we gotta save. We gotta set the goal. We gotta save the goal. Yeah. Nah, man. Uh, yeah, I mean. I have, I have, like you, I think most athletes have this issue with the comparison. Right? I think this issue comes from the fact that you know, we are drilled into us that somebody is out there working harder than you, mm-hmm. working longer than you, and is working smarter than you. Uh, you just constantly have this anxiety and this fear that you're not doing enough, and that you're always looking to compare yourself to someone else and make sure oh, I'm doing more than him. Cool, check. I'm uh, doing more than I got hurt and catch up to them. So, right. uh, yeah. Me personally, that kind of speaks to me in that regard. Um, I love to compare myself to other people. It's a trap, man. It's a trap. It's a trap. Don't act, boy. It's a trap. <laughs> no, for real, though. It is. It is a trap, man. It's a deadly, slippery slope, for real. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, again, thank you so much. I appreciate you being on. Let's, sure, let's talk soon. Catch up, grab Indeed. some coffee. And, you gotta uh, get in the show, bro. You gotta make you gotta make your dish. That's what's gonna happen next time. We're gonna to. So uh, I'm gonna get my kitchen set. We're gonna do the dish, bro. Okay. All right. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Peace, bro. Right. Take care. You too. Mm-hmm.